now here to read my short story Fairy Child. Wren always loved fairy tales. Her formative years were spent checking brooks for nymphs, tea shops for witches, and rooms piled high with antiques for lamps, waiting for gin to pop out, though none ever did. She turned family holidays into an excuse to search for sprites in the caves of the Scottish Highlands and the Spanish countryside, much to her mother's chagrin. Her mother would pull her away by her bony wrist while a pout formed on Wren's round face. She wanted to be where the shadows would take the form of goblins at the edge of her vision, to climb into the deepest parts of the forest and to discover a world of her own. This love of all things fantastical culminated in her devoted parents buying her a great tome of fairy stories for her seventh birthday. Her toothy grin had stretched wide across her face as she grasped the soft green cover between her hands. She pawed over the pages with enthusiasm engrossed by tales of princes, hags and curses. After 15 years, this copy still rested in her room and a different house on a wooden shelf she hung herself beside a wilting monstera and a beer glass full of pennies. She was working in a veterinary clinic off a side street in the centre of town. After the last of the day's emergencies were dealt with and the animals were all fed for the night, it was Wren's job to look everything up and sweep the floors. Her back twinsed as she finally set the alarm and turned the key. Stepping into the street, she was pelted by the rain as she struggled to open her umbrella, the bottom of her peacoat soaking through. The Cambridge weather was particularly cruel at this time of year. She turned off of Sydney Street and passed a row of taxis that stayed watching over the city no matter the weather. The rain obscured her vision as she hurried across the road, stepping around puddles and weaving her way around the odd cyclist. It was there as the illumination from the streetlights and the shop fronts fought back the polluted, purple bruise coloured night sky that she heard it, the weak muse of a wounded animal. Her steps faltered, wondering if she could actually hear anything over the constant whoosh and patter of the rain. Again, she heard the cry of a helpless animal. Wren spun, following the noise to the black bin set back from the road. Heart hammering in her throat, she approached and held out her umbrella to block the rain. She expected something small and young, a kitten without a home or a discarded puppy. What she found was something else. In the shadows of Bin lay an unrecognisable form. It was a damp pink creature with a long snout and wings, the size of an adult cat. It looked like a cross between a bat and a ferret. It was shivering and sniffling as it curled in on itself on a nest of paper bags. The creature let out another whimpering mew, which echoed off of the metal sides of the bit. Wren felt the creature's pain burrow its way into her chest as she dropped her bag to find the fleece jacket tucked inside. Setting down her umbrella, she wrapped her hands in the jacket and reached inside the bin. She hoisted the creature out of its nest amongst the damp plastic bags and empty drinks containers. It let out an anguished wail as she pulled it into her arms, swaddling it in warmth the way she would a newborn pup. She tucked the parcel into the space between her jumper and peacoat, pulling it closed with one hand as she took up her umbrella in the other. She trudged her way past the banks and the post office, passing busy streets where the last of the buses were peeling out of their stops. The pavements grew steeper as she passed into her neighbourhood, the occasional pub the only spots of light and laughter. She heard the gentle sniffles of the creature and felt its delicate heartbeat against her chest as the wind whipped the rain around her, leaving her bones aching from the chill. At the top of the hill, she found her way to her house and fished for her keys, anxiety seeping under her skin at what she had done. This animal that slept inside her coat, who came from a bin and had been out in the rain for who knows how long. The house was dark and silent. She stood in the doorway, dripping onto the doormat until the creature twitched against her chest. Keeping the lights off, she went to the bathroom, crowding into the thin space between the bathtub and the sink. The streetlights created long shadows against the tile floor as she stripped off her sodden clothes and placed the bundle of animal and fleece into the hollow of the empty sink. 
In the half-light, it looked more like a child than a strange chimera it appeared to be. Fear threaded through her. She was not a practicing vet, just the errand girl who fetched gauze and fed the animals before locking doors. She thought of Sarah, the bright young vet who always knew just what to do to reassure the pets and their owners. Ren could have called her from the other side of the city and she would have been able to help, but she did not know what the creature was or what would happen to it if anyone else set eyes on it. Stripping down to her vest and pants, her bare legs prickling with goosebumps, she peeled off the layers of fleece from the creature, revealing its damp pink skin beneath. It looked almost raw compared to her own tanned skin. The creature stretched out, its wings extending and knocking against the taps. It let out a whine as Ren ducked away to turn on the bath, a gentle trickle of icy cold turning lukewarm. She pulled a washcloth from the towel rack and dipped it into the water. It seeped through the fabric and warmed her clammy hands as she brought it to the creature's skin. The creature preened, turning its head and pushing into the warm touch. Ren worked up a lather on the cloth with some of her housemate's organic soap and ran the suds over the creature's scaly flesh. Its long snout reminded her of baby kangaroo. She poured a cup of water over the slimy skin of its wings. Maybe it was a genetic mutation, something that should not have been born. Her hands grew clammy at the thought. Her stomach clenched with hunger and she remembered skipping lunch to tend to a puppy with a broken foot who cried louder than the vocal parakeet from the day before. Once all of the suds were washed off, she turned its small body around and repeated the process across its back, wetting, soaping and rinsing with a focused precision. She grabbed a towel to dry it with gentle pats, wrapping it up and pulling it into her arms again. The creature leant into her touch as she carried it to her bedroom, shutting the door and latching it shut. She placed the sort of creature on the centre of her bed. It chirped as she turned away and pulled on a dress from the top of her laundry basket, sliding into the fresh fabric. Turning back to the creature, she saw that it appeared to be asleep between the folds of her duvet. Taking a calming breath, she turned away from the little thing. She ran her hands through her limp hair with an absent mind as she shut the scarred wooden door behind her. The faint hunger that she had been ignoring for most of the day had begun to gnaw at her, its claws digging into her ribs. Her bare feet padded against the linoleum as she walked into the kitchen. Preparing a sandwich, her mind slipped back to the creature on her bed. She could still call one of the vets, but there would be no guarantee of the creature's safety. It was not the prettiest creature, but she felt seized with panic at the thought of it being taken from her. She thought that there was a good chance that it would be taken, perhaps by force, to be studied or dissected or tested on until it was too weak to live. As she cut into the soft bread, fake meat and salad, she fought back at the bile that threatened to coat her throat. She tore into the sandwich with her teeth. At the sound of keys in the door, her heart gave a lurch within her chest. She thought for a dizzying moment that she had been found out, tracked down by some organisation that was here to take back the science experiment that escaped their clutches. But as she stood there, frozen in place with mustard sliding out of the side of her sandwich and onto the concrete countertops, she saw her housemate duck into the doorway. The rain was cascading behind them, a great sheet of water hitting the road and flowing down the contours of the hill. They flicked the dampness out of their hair and clothes as they slammed the door behind them. The sound of jolted Ren from her stillness as she reached out to wipe away the sauce from the counter with a cloth. Oh, did you skip lunch again? Kiva asked, their Irish accent stretching around the words. Ren turned and saw them leaning their lanky body against the kitchen doorframe, dark curls dripping against the linoleum. The flushed brown face was formed into a frown. Ren ducked her head and picked the stem of spinach. Yeah. She heard Kiva set down their keys in the bowl on the other side of the door and move away closer to the bedroom. Take care of yourself, Ren. The bread was soggy and dense with tomato juice and mustard. Her appetite diminishing, she bit into the sandwich with disdain. A door closed further off and she was reminded of the creature asleep in her bed behind her own closed door. Leaving the dishes in the sink, she padded back into her bedroom and latched the door behind her. 
She looked down at the animal, this fairy thing, as passing headlights lit up the room. It was undeniably a kind of baby animal. Maybe she should have been scared of its strange form, but all she could feel was pity at the small creature that lay in the swath of rough towel, its frail limbs curled around itself. Ren's shoulders radiated pain down her back, and she contemplated sliding under the thick covers. She dragged herself to the bathroom, and when she returned, minty fresh, with exhaustion pushing in at the edge of her vision, she settled into bed between the wall and the creature, her body contorting into the narrow space as she shifted the sleeping animal into the crook of her bent body. She had spent too long with an empty bed, and the light breaths shifting the sheets around her waist kept her awake, eyes facing the facade of the ornate wooden dresser that came in with the flat, half her clothes shoved into the base and tipping baskets hung in the racks above. The carved exteriors of the armoire depicted cherubs and flowers, stems and vines, tracing the edge of the wood in sweeping curves. With the half-light of the street lamps casting twisting shadows against the ruddy wood, she found the curve of a serpent, a wolf's sharp moor, and an eyeless face looking back at her. She turned away, shutting her eyes against the light. Ren woke up in an empty bed. Her body crooked from sleep against the wall all night. It took an unmoored moment for her to remember that there had been a creature in her bed the night before. Her heart was seized with panic as she slipped out of bed and into the frigid morning air, condensation marking the windows as she cast her eyes across the room. Nothing seemed out of place, but the door was unlatched and hanging a centimetre open. Kneeling on the grey carpet, she pulled out the drawers from beneath her bed and shifted through the sheets and bags, no sight of the pink-skinned animal seeking a home. The armoire was just as packed as ever, and the desk held no secrets. It was not in the laundry piles or behind her bed. She pulled herself into her uniform and tied back her hair with a harsh ponytail. She looked around the hall with a wild, wide-eyed stare. Her eyes were drawn to a cluttered corner with the table where mail rested in tilting piles and hooks set into the wall that overflowed with coats. She rifled through the jackets with careful fingers finding only fabric. With ten minutes left before she had to leave for work, Ren scrambled to check behind the couch and under the bookcase in the living room, brandishing her phone torch. She wondered if this was how it would feel to lose a pet snake. Lost something? Ren turned to see her other roommate for the first time in three days. Nora stood in the doorway in a pencil skirt and a high ponytail with a cocked eyebrow. It's a uh, work thing, Ren stammered out, face flushed. I see, Nora narrowed her eyes. Nothing dangerous, Ren rushed to add, just something that needs to come back to the clinic. Don't let me stop you, Nora said, ducking out of the room. Ren left three minutes later with her yogurt in hand and after receiving a stern look from Kiva over their morning coffee, the creature had vanished. She considered one of the more troubling explanations. It could have been a hallucination, a demented coping strategy to deal with her monotonous life that was slowly chipping away at her sanity. Her mind worked over this possibility as a rambunctious puppy was set loose in the waiting room. The thought returned to her as she held an old cat through its final moments, and later, when Sarah asked if she was okay, as if she was some fragile creature in need of comfort. But a psychotic break did not explain how she remembered the feel of its scaly flesh under her hands, or the gentle huffs of its breaths against her chest. She knew what her mother would say, that she had always been away with the fairies. That would not be a lie. She walked home, scudding around the remaining puddles, past the sleeping homeless huddles under doorways, past the rowdy pubs of teenagers with shark eyes and gaunt cheeks who lurked in the packs of flavoured smoke. In her room, she flicked on the light and cast a suspicious eye over her belongings. The bedsheet seemed untouched and the desk was still piled high with unread books, but up close she could see a bite mark taken out of the glossy monstera leaf. She hurried over to the window and checked the old latches that jiggled but stayed locked. It was like waiting for a spider to emerge from the 
cluttered corners of her room, her stomach roiling as she searched the shadowed corners for signs of life. Twisting her rings around her fingers, she considered the absent animal. She slipped from the room into the kitchen as the sound of video games poured through the house. Pushing past the cabbage and olives, she grasped the bag of spinach and poured a handful of leaves onto a plate. She scurried back to her room and set the plate of greens at the edge of the carpet in the narrow slip of space between the bed and the armoire. Ren forced herself to dine with the others and sit in the living room as she watched a drama. She returned to see the plate untouched. That night, when she slipped into bed with only thin spines of light penetrating the blinds, the silence of the room pressed in at her. Without the sniffling breaths of the creature, she felt loneliness creep into her chest and make a home there. She had been so used to sleeping alone, yet one night with something beside her changed everything. Her mind flicked between hazy memories of past relationships and the creature she could not find. Maybe nothing could stay with her for long. When she was younger, she used to talk to the streams and trees behind the house and the shadows at night. She never needed to see the nymphs and dryads to believe that they were there to have them listen to her problems. I can't tell anyone about you, she whispered into the darkness. I don't think anyone would believe me. Sometimes I can't believe in you either, but you felt real beneath my hands. I don't think I'm going insane. She breathed deep, falling into half sleep as she remembered the feeling of grass at her back as she laid under the clear sky and talked to the creatures in her mind. I hope you're happy. In the morning, the spinach was gone. That night, she noticed new grooves on the floor. Her bare feet felt the new divots in the wood as she came to bed. The sheets were cold and she frowned before starting to whisper. I don't have anyone to tell. There are people I talk to. The vets and my housemates, but it's not the same. I don't trust them enough. It's been a while since there was anyone who really mattered, the way people are supposed to matter to you. Ren closed her eyes against the memories. Her name was Alana. She was incredible. But I wasn't good enough, I guess. She clutched at her ribs through the duvet, remembering that pretty smile and dark eyes. She shifted on the bed, catching sight of the twisted shadows of the armoire from across the room, before turning her back to it, facing the cold stone wall. There was someone else. That always is. She woke, for a fleeting moment, in the middle of the night, to the sound of claws against wood, deep scratches she might have imagined. Ren did not have a good day. Fresh from the second shower of the day, that almost got the smell of wet dog off her skin, she lay in bed and let her anger boil over. And I know you probably don't know what a microaggression is, but it happened to me like seven times today. And one girl asked if I spoke English and a boy practically called me a whore to my face, even though I haven't slept with anyone in like two years. She took a shaky breath. Maybe I am going insane. Ren paused, hearing the faint ticking of her watch from the bedside table and a whoosh of a passing car. I just don't want to be alone. Her voice broke as hot tears ran down her face sliding across her cheeks and into her hairline at the back of her neck. I don't want you to be imaginary. She muffled her cries in her palm as the heating turned on and the rushing water filled the radiator at the end of her bed. Ren drifted into a hazy sleep and woke to the feeling of something on top of her legs. It reminded her of mornings in her childhood home, waking up with a cat sleeping in her narrow bed. She opened her eyes to a scaly creature the size of a Great Dane. No longer pink and gangly, the creature had grown into a layer of dark blue scales that fanned up around its neck. The morning sun caught its shifting scales in the light as it lay its head on her waist, twisting around her like a puppy.